0: This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. Hello. Dr. Hoffiger, this is Jonathan Master calling. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, thanks again for your willingness to do this. Make sure to keep listening after the interview to find out how to win a free book on the old Princeton scholar, Charles Hodge. Our guest today is Professor of Church History Emeritus at Reformed Theological Seminary. He has written an excellent biography of Charles Hodge, as well as many other fine pieces on Old Princeton Seminary. And today we're going to be talking about Charles Hodge, the famous Princeton Seminary theology professor in the 19th century. Dr. Hoffaker, thanks for joining us.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Jonathan.
0: So let's just start off with this, who was Charles Hodge?
1: well uh, you you summarize it very well uh we you might go just a little farther by saying that uh he was probably the preeminent uh presbyterian uh theologian in the 19th century there were other good ones but i think that um it is pretty well acknowledged that that Hodge was kind of at the top of the list he taught at princeton um seminary uh, almost immediately after its founding uh and he was the uh, first person in, in America to teach for 50 years um, in, in uh, a, a graduate context and uh, he published many works commentaries uh, systematic theology and many uh, articles in the old princeton review which covered a wide variety of topics for for decades so he's he's a, a very prominent figure there was hardly anything he wasn't willing to tackle in terms of ideas.
0: So can you give us a range of some of the things that he felt it necessary to tackle in the middle of the 19th century? Obviously a little different uh, set of circumstances than today, but human nature doesn't change. And so, and so what were some of the issues in, in those Princeton Review articles that he spent a lot of time taking on?
1: Well, the the main thing that he was known for in the Princeton Review articles is that he wrote an account of the General Assembly every year. Uh, It was said that when people got a copy of the July issue of the Princeton Review, um, people would turn immediately to see what he thought of the General Assembly. So this was a time when when the Church and its uh, goings-on was followed closely, uh, not just by pastors. But by by people as well by people in the pew, so he that that's probably the Princeton Review is is most famous for that. But but he and, and a coterie of of associates wrote on uh, science. They wrote on literature. The, the most of articles, of course, were written on biblical and theological topics. But uh, the whole point is that you could get a look at the 19th century. Uh, Broadly speaking, culturally, um, denominationally wise, science, uh, literature, by reading the articles of the Princeton Review, and, and Hodge, just uh, he called it his ball and chain. <laughs> he he was uh, so attached to it, and uh, uh, was was so prominent.
0: Now he he also wrote a systematic theology, which is still in print and in use today. What what is it that has made that so valuable, and what what made that so significant during the nineteenth century?
1: Well, um, he of course uh, lectured all the years at Princeton Seminary, but uh, he, he was prompted to to write down um, and and what he put into his systematic theology was not simply a reiteration of his notes that he gave his classroom students, but uh, a, a reworking and. Um, the, the main thing that he was wanted to forge in this systematic theology was a middle way, a middle way between the subjectivist of theology of German thinkers like Friedrich Schleiermacher, the father of liberalism, and, and those who would have a, a, an overly rationalistic view. So he wanted to, he wanted to say that classical Orthodox uh, Calvinism uh, was a not only a system of thought but uh, advocated a life, a piety, a devotion that uh, that was uniquely united to one another you you couldn't have sound theology unless you had uh, sound religious devotion and you couldn't have sound religious devotion unless you had sound theology so he he believed himself uh, to be articulating uh classical Calvinistic theology in light of the encroachments that were being made on it uh, in the uh, decades of the uh, middle 19th century by the early stages of liberalism, American liberal theology. So if, if you want to get a taste of what um, <clears throat> Orthodox Calvinism is, uh, Charles Hodge believed that, that uh, the, what was taught at Princeton uh, represented that which goes back not only to the Reformers, but also back to Augustine, and then obviously to Scripture itself. So they saw Hodge saw himself as maintaining a tradition that had not changed, a tradition that stood the test of time.
0: So you talked about, in your answer there, his emphasis not only on articulating the theolo- with theological precision, but also mm-hmm. in unpacking... Um, what the life of piety is that, in a sense, is wedded to this doctrine. So so I'm wondering, could you comment a little bit about Hodge the man? What was what was his character like? How did this piety bear itself out in his, in his home life and, and, and perhaps even in his classroom teaching?
1: Yeah, he was a child of the church from the very earliest years. He was uh, catechized by his mother. His father died when Hodges was very young, and he he used the phrase that my mother drilled me in the Westminster Catechism. So he was he was schooled in the church. He grew up in the church, uh, and he wrote a very important essay in which he said that that children are members of the church within Presbyterianism. They don't become members when they're converted, but they're members of the church. By, by, the, by the sacrament of baptism, and uh, that means that that uh, that nurture, um, developing uh, your 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 worldview, developing your piety, developing your devotion, uh, is crucial. And, and he he did respond to a revival um, when he was a student at Princeton, but that was not a a conversion from a life of free living. But it was a, a conversion uh, of one who had been nurtured in the church, was subject to the teaching of the church, uh, observed the sacraments, and uh, and therefore um, was fully integrated in the church life. So th- that became known as as old school uh, Presbyterianism, uh, a strong emphasis on on uh, the religious life. In fact, he wrote a little book called The Way of Life for the American Sunday School Union. Uh, which was considered by many to be a, a good introduction to a layperson of uh, of what the Christian faith is, and, and the emphasis within that is not only doctrine, soundness of thinking, but but also inculcating a a, a spirit of devotion, a, a a way of worship, a way of uh, of understanding the Christian life as increasing in in righteousness and holiness. So. Uh, those two were, were very important together, and, and Hodge mirrored that himself uh, in, uh, by virtue of his family life and, again, to his teaching. Um, I know this is a long answer, but let me add one more thing. At, at uh, Every Sunday afternoon at Princeton Seminary, they held a, a service devoted simply to questions of the religious life, uh, and, and this became uh, a... a Important uh, uh, aspect of what it was to be a Princeton student. You were schooled in the classroom, and, and your, your religious life, your religious devotion was stimulated every Sunday afternoon in this um, where, where topics of, of devotion and piety came up.
0: No, I'm, I'm glad you expanded on that because that was part of what I was what I was after. What, what did students think of him, and how did he um, how did he, in a sense, illustrate this piety about which he wrote? And uh, so that that's that's very very helpful.
1: Yeah, when when his father wrote his biography, uh, excuse me, when his son wrote his bi- uh, biography of Charles Hodge, that came out in 1880. Uh, he he told talked very movingly about uh, hearing his father uh, when he was having his morning prayer time of singing hymns. He could hear his father sing hymns. He, he knew that, that he began every day by reading the scriptures, praying, singing hymns. And, and so that became a part of the family life. And so the, the the whole Hodge family then continued in the same tradition as the father.
0: As you have considered the example and writings of Hodge, and I know you've spent a lot of time looking through uh, things about him and, and reading his writings yourself. What are the major lessons that you've learned personally, or how have you been challenged, or how have you grown as part of your study of, of this man and his writings?
1: Well, he not only wrote uh, biblical commentaries and a systematic theology, but he also wrote The Constitutional History of the Presbyterian Church. And since my major in college was was history, I I found that work to be uh, important for my own understanding of of history and the church's place in history. And perhaps the thing that I learned most by writing the biography that I enjoyed the most was uh, writing about his two-year sojourn that he spent in Germany, uh, in which he went there because he felt that he could be better prepared if he were to learn uh, all of the uh, ideas that were new ideas that were coming out. They were critical ideas. They were ideas that that um, were questioning the Bible, questioning the, the traditional doctrines that had been taught. And when Hodge went to, to Germany and saw that firsthand, it was what we would now call the Berlin theology. The Berlin theology taught that, that uh, training for the ministry is primarily uh, a result of, of uh, uh, scientific investigation. And you combine kind of scientific investigation of the Bible with the idea that the ministry is a profession and not a calling. So that, so that really what Schleiermacher, the German Friedrich Schleiermacher, was preparing students to do at Berlin, was to become, the, to perform a sociological function in the German culture. Whereas for Hodge, the ministry was a calling, a calling from God, in which, yes, we, we do, we study the Bible very carefully, but we don't think of our pastors as in a profession. We see them as called by the Holy Spirit, called by the church, ordained by the church to um, nurture uh, the congregation open up the scriptures to them. And so when Hodge came back from that period in Germany, he was convinced that American theology should not follow that lead. Now American theology eventually did, but Princeton didn't. And he, he's, uh, the thing that I learned that I was glad to see was that what Hodge saw firsthand, what the originators of liberalism were doing and where that would take the church. And he was convinced that if the church was to survive and not simply become a sociological adjunct to to help people uh, acclimate themselves to the culture, but a a means by which the Word of God is preached, the sacraments are celebrated, uh, theology is nourished, uh, piety—again, a a recurring theme here is the term piety—and the Christian life also be matured and uh, nurtured.
0: So my last question is this, Dr. Hoffaker. If this whole topic or this whole this individual, Charles Hodge, is new to a mm-hmm. listener, uh, where would be a good place to start? You, you, you started with the constitutional history of the Presbyterian Church. Maybe, maybe that's not the, the best starting place for everyone. Where would be a good place to start in reading <laughs> Charles Hodge?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's right. I, I think that, <clears throat> that one could well start with the way of life which is, uh, again, he wrote this to show that he was appealing not simply to Presbyterians and not simply to Reformed thinkers uh, and confessional thinkers, but to, to appeal to a broad evangelical uh, audience. And, and the way of life is very readable. It's accessible. Uh, you, you get a sense of, of clarity, clarity. You get a sense of, uh, of orderliness in, uh, in working through uh, Christian theology and, and the sacraments and so forth. So uh, I, I might start there. Uh, and of course, uh, not just to count my own book, but I, I think that the, the book that I've written on Hodge, it's an accessible book. It's not overly technical, mm-hmm. and I, I think that people would learn a lot about Hodge.
0: Well, I couldn't agree more, and that's what I was going to recommend if, if you didn't bring it up yourself. Charles Hodge, The Pride of Princeton, published by p and the author Andrew Hoffaker. Uh Dr. Hofferger, thank you so much for your time with us today, and thank you for introducing us to the life and work of Charles Hodge.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. appreciate being with you very
0: much. You've been listening to Theology on the Go, a podcast from placefortruth.org. Place for Truth wishes to be thoughtful and accessible and is based on the conviction that the gains of the Protestant Reformation retain their potency and ought to be maintained for the health of Christ's Church. This week, we are offering the book The Life of Charles Hodge to our listeners. Go to the podcast page at placefortruth.org to enter for a chance to win. And listen next time to Theology on the Go, a brief interview, about an eternal truth.